0: Well, hey, and welcome back to the Tree Church Bible Study. I'm excited to share today from Romans chapter 12, but before we do, let's start with a word of prayer. God, thank you. Thank you so much that we have the freedom and ability to learn from your word, and that's our goal today. I pray that you would soften the hearts of those listening, even my own, as we get ready to discover these truths. Thank you for being so generous in giving them to begin with. And God, more than all these things, we pray that your name would be glorified. In your name we pray, pray amen. Let's jump right into it. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So I can only really speak for myself. I can't speak for every person and and every person's unique experience, but I can tell you something that's very true about me. I love winning. I love winning more than I, I love most things, and it's not even so much that I love the act of winning, or I love lording it over people, or I need success or validation. It's not even so much that; it's that I hate losing, and from that hatred of losing, I want to win, and I have this desire. I don't want to lose and look inferior, or look like I didn't put as much work in, or look like I didn't, or whatever. It, it, it could be about my image or a sense of of self-worth or the things I want to accomplish. I hate losing. I love winning. For for example. A uh, Tree Youth just took like 90 kids on a youth camp uh, a couple weeks ago, which was just insane. And I got to be one of the team captains, and they split us all into four teams. And we were on the red team. And I was without a doubt the most obnoxious person in any given scenario at camp because I was so obsessed with this idea like, hey, we, not be, we might not be the most physical team, but we're going to get a win anyways. Hey, we might not be the smartest, but we're going to win anyways. We're going to work harder. We're going to work smarter. And and Lauren uh, Hall, who is incredible, she was my, like, co-team captain of the red team, uh, and all of her infinite wisdom was so encouraging to our kids. She'd say, hey, you guys are doing great. You're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you. Keep it up. The most important thing is to have fun. Keep going. Great job, guys. And me, on the other hand, I'd be on the sidelines of Ultimate Frisbee or Knockerball or whatever silly game we were playing, just like, hey, some of you could do better. (laughs) Like, hey, some of you are doing really good. Some of you need to pick it up. Come on, look sharp, move forward, because I'm just obsessed with this idea that I want to win. And that's just a natural part of my life, which sometimes can be a good thing. The, the idea of self-pride and winning and moving forward can be good. It can bring us maybe a promotion at work. If your desire is, I want to win at being a husband, I want to be the best husband in the whole world, that can be good. It means that you might have a healthy marriage. But very easily, when it comes to humans, it can quickly switch into something damaging, toxic, hurtful, that actually pulls us farther away from the design that God has for us. So I'm going to break down this verse line by line and talk about why exactly Paul is addressing the sense of pride and what it looks like for our lives today. Verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you. This is like, I love the way Paul writes, and this is one of the biggest reasons why. He always starts by making the main thing, the main thing. Paul doesn't have an inflated sense of ego or self-worth. He doesn't say, hey, because I'm so smart. Hey, because I know a lot about pride and ego. No, he says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, said because God has given me grace, because of the things that God has given me to steward over, I have truth to share with you. I think every single one of us, if we handled conversations like that, if we handled knowledge information that we had, we would be better for it. More people would see Jesus in us if we all operated like Paul. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, then he continues, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. So not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. That as a human is incredibly challenging and I think I know why. Every thought I've ever had, Every book I've ever read, every Bible verse I've read, every movie I've watched, every conversation I've ever been involved in, every sporting event I've ever done, every human experience that I've ever had has, has been filtered through one thing, and that is my brain. And you can say the same exact thing for yourself. Every single thing you've ever experienced has been filtered through one thing exclusively, and is your own mind. That's what it means to be a human. That We, we, we put ourselves and we interject ourselves at the center of every narrative because that's the way that our brains works. Now, that being said, we can have beautiful things like empathy and look at other people and say, well, hey, I want to put myself in your shoes and understand your pain. But that being said, even that experience is still filtered through our own minds. And this can sometimes create an inflated sense of worth, that it's all about us, that it's all about the things that we want. It's all about the things that we desire. We make ourselves the hero of our own story where sometimes we're just not. I remember as a kid, every time I read a Bible story, I'd read David and Goliath. And i think, like, yeah, I'm like David. Like, I'm pretty short. I still am. I'm the underdog. But, you know, I think God has a special calling on my life. And, and, and I'm going to submit to that and do all these great things, which is sometimes true. But sometimes I'm like Goliath. I'm like a a giant dummy with an inflated sense of self-worth and arrogance. But because we're human and because we we interject ourselves in the center of every narrative, it can create an inflated sense of ego. And this is problematic for two reasons. One, we don't ever get to genuinely submit to God. If we view ourselves as powerful, as strong, as wise, if we don't measure ourselves correctly the way Paul says it, if you think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, you wouldn't need God. You wouldn't rely on God for truth. You wouldn't rely on God for grace. You wouldn't rely on God for strength, mercy, justice, righteousness, anything, because you'd be able to find it within yourself. And the harsh reality of the human experience is the more we rely inward on our own strength, on our own worth, the less quality of life we have because those things are limited where God is not limited. I can tell you confidently, my strength is limited. My knowledge is limited. My wisdom is limited, my courage is limited, but the beautiful thing about serving God is that He is not limited. God is perfect and He's righteous and He has an unlimited sense of love and grace for us. So that's the first problem by, by, by counting ourselves too highly or to think too well of ourselves is we never rely on God. The other, the other big problem is that we forget other people. When you view yourself as higher than those around you, you can't empathize with them, you can't love them well. The Bible tells us to make others greater than ourselves, and that becomes impossible if we are actively making ourselves greater than not only God, but those around us. The two greatest commandments, Jesus Jesus was clear, love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor as yourself if you have an inflated sense of self-worth. And here's what you might be thinking. Not all of you are like me. Some of you might think like, dude, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about winning like you do. That's gross. Grow up. You're an adult, right? More than fair. You shouldn't care about kickball that much, Um, (laughs) which is like totally fair. But some of you don't identify with that. I actually don't care about winning that much. I don't have this inflated sense of pride. If anything, I have the opposite. I don't think very well of myself. I feel insecure. I feel like I can't accomplish things. I feel like God can never use me to do big things. But church, let me tell you, that actually is still pride and arrogance. It just looks different. The idea that God might have something for you, but you're not good enough to do it. You're literally saying, God, I know that you might have that, but what I want is bigger, better, stronger, more powerful than what you would have. That's the same problem as arrogance. It just is masking itself as insecurity. The only proper acknowledgement to whatever God has for us is yes, God, whatever you want, move forward. Whether it be, no, I could do it myself or I could never, they're both saying I'm more important than God. Both of these things are toxic and they're hurtful. And the big problem is they lead us to a quality of life that's simply less to one where you submit to God. So those are the big two problems that I think come from this issue of inflated self-worth. One is you never rely on God, and two, you count yourself greater than people. This could, and the warning signs are pride and arrogance, or insecurity, and a wow, I can never, which is still just pride and arrogance. So let's continue. What else does Paul have to say? But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So in a future Bible study, they're going to go more in in depth on this, but what Paul is saying is that God has assigned you a purpose. Each and every one of you, every single person you've ever met, is designed intentionally with a purpose. Paul would continue to say that we all have a role in the body of Christ and different bodily functions and things that we do well and unwell. But I want to make it, I want to talk exclusively about the design aspect. We serve an intentional God who does intentional things. You were not made on accident. You were not made with leftover pieces and parts. You weren't an afterthought. God designed you to be you, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And in my opinion, when we can embrace this thought, no, I don't, and get away from this idea of inflated ego or, or, or uh, devastating insecurity, to know that I was measured. God knows exactly who I am with a purpose in mind when we can fully come to copes with that and really apply that in our life, we can have the best quality of life because we'll be living a life that's in submission to God. We won't count ourselves too arrogant. We'll be able to, and in that way, not relying on the Father. We won't step on people. We'll be able to empathize with them and love them well because we understand that in the same way that we're created with the design, they are too. So the challenge I want to leave you with is really practical. Know who you are. When you look in the mirror, when you try to understand who you are, what you've done, don't look at yourself as someone who is at the center of the narrative. Only God is at the center of the narrative. Don't look at yourself as someone with an inflated sense of ego. Look how strong and powerful I am. Don't look at yourself as someone who thinks less of themselves. Well, I could never. Don't flatter yourself. As a pastor, I hear things like that all the time. Well, I could never walk into a church. The walls would fall down. Don't flatter yourself. No, they won't. God is bigger than those things. God is bigger than your pride. He's bigger than your arrogance. In the same way, He's bigger than your insecurity. And he's bigger than than any brokenness in your life. So when you look in the mirror, count yourself well. Measure yourself under the umbrella of who God made you to be. Don't think too high, don't think too little. We have one purpose on earth, and it's to glorify God. Now luckily we have this book that tells us how to do that, right? It's not like God said, hey, glorify me, good luck figuring it out. He gave us a roadmap, and that's what this Bible study is all about. How do we break down these words and passages in a way that's practical, that we can understand and put into practice in our life? But it's impossible to do that if we don't understand who we are and what our responsibility is. Don't count yourself too high. Don't count yourself too low. Count yourself a child of God because that's exactly who you are. Let me pray. God, I pray that you would convict us. Break our hearts for this truth. God, for those of us who have pride and arrogance where we think too well of ourselves, God, humble us. Create experiences in our life to show us that it's you that we have to rely on because we know once we do that our quality of life will be greater. God, for those who think too little of themselves, that they, that, that they can never do the things that you've asked of them. I pray in the same way that you would break their hearts and, and convict them of this truth, that they are created with a purpose. And not, only, not even their insecurity could prevent them from the power and the role that they have designed them in. God, humble our hearts, creating us a clean heart, the one that seeks after you, seeks after your word. In your holy name we pray. Amen.